Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties, but we are now live. Right, welcome, welcome once again onto tonight's agenda. So, as one is going to give us the DJ tip of the week, Sean Jay is going to sh show us his tech tip of the week. And finally, we got some awesome guests lined up for, for the show tonight. A handful of DJ heavyweights, Red Bull 3 style champions. They will join us for the main topic for tonight and get their opinions on what's in the store for DJ competitions this year. So let's go ahead and start the show. Kick it as one. What's good, everybody? DJ Geometrics here, and we're back at it again on this Thursday night with the 9 at 9, the only show on the internet where we have nine DJs on a roundtable panel discussing today's DJ topics. Again, this show is presented to you by Beat Refinery DJ School at Bach to Rock. If you want to learn how to mix, scratch, and make music, visit beatrefinery.com. Uh, just to let you know, all know that we're also streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram Live, all on our social media pages at Beat Refinery. Uh, if you guys are watching the stream, want to join us on the Zoom chat, type in that link on the screen, bit.ly slash the nine at nine. So on to tonight's show. Like I said before, we have Red Bull three style champions in the building right now. We'll talk to them about what's in store for DJ competitions this year, especially since the Red Bull three style world championships was supposed to happen this past April in Moscow, but it got postponed due to the, of course, the global pandemic. So it'll be interesting to get everyone's take on it. Uh, so as always, let me introduce the rest of the hosts. We have DJ as one. <laughs> what up, what up? <laughs> going on guys? <laughs> Next we have Sean J. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What's up guys, good to be back. And finally, we got my brother, Stylist Chris. Peace, y'all. Thanks for tuning oh. in. All right, Chris, take the mic. Yeah, man, this is, uh, this is one of those times where you almost feel a little bit intimidated about the, the amount of skill that has come onto this, this nine-board chat that we have here. It's, uh, it's definitely an honor to be able to host these fine young people. Um, I'm going to just run them down in alphabetical order. We've got DJ producer, mix engineer from Chicago, 2011 Red Bull three-style U.S. champion, shared stages with a variety of artists from Roy Ayers to Skrillex, playing at festivals, South by Southwest, former instructor at Scratch, at Scratch Academy. Let's give it up for Big Wants. Yeah. The dope background. Good, everybody. Oh, there we go. Next, we have hailing from Sicily, and that is in Italy. If you guys don't know, we are very honored to join having us uh, the Red Bull three style 2016 Italian champion, veteran 25 years in the game, specializing in hip hop, funk, reggae, dancehall, disco and house, turntablist, live performer, party rocker extraordinaire. Give it up for DJ Delta. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah. Thank you for making the, the long trip 
Yeah. All right, next we have Haley. Well, also, he's up really late, too. Oh, he's man. mad late there. Yeah, we'll get, we're going to yeah, get so into asking him. Wait to help. What time? We're going to ask him if what he's What time is it where you are? Three o'clock. Three in the morning. That's way in past the morning. morning yeah. um, we'll, we'll ask him later if he's, staying, if he's up or if he's still awake. And hailing from Montreal, Canada, this multi-talented engineer, producer, DJ, and turntablist has been tearing it up in battles for the last few years. Known for rocking hip-hop, funk, and house, she's the reigning three-style Canadian champ and the first ever female to win the Canadian Red Bull. Let's give it up for DJ Licks! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Appreciate you coming through, especially uh, being that you are a reigning champion, the only of our panel that is a current reigning champion. It's ex- it's really exciting to We're have all you all champions here. forever. Indeed. Oh, indeed. Oh, I like that. Um, next, we have my uh, – I'm, I'm excited to uh, introduce a brother of ours who's started with the Beat Refinery and at its inception as one of our instructors. He's written a bunch of our curriculums. He's the two-time – Red Bull Three Style World Finals, two-time U.S. champ, DJ City official remixer, radio shows on FM and Sirius XM. He's done remixes for so many different artists in the game. His any DJ that DJs a lot has got a full page of these edits from this dude and remixes from this dude. He is a he is a true DJ's DJ, one of my best friends, and I'm honored he's here. Let's give it up for DJ Trays. Thanks, guys. From his from his lair, yes. From the couch, I'm in Springfield right now. Yeah. <laughs> and and last and certainly not least, this 15 year veteran Red Bull three style USA champion, rehab Las Vegas resident DJ Chicago Tons uh, Chicago sometimes voted him the number one DJ in the area. He toured all over the world. Traditional music background, including a Bachelor of Music and Jazz Studies, which makes his original songs unique and sought after from, from all kinds of different Fortune 500 companies. While Three Style might have put him on the world stage, his passion for dance music inspired by his home city of Chicago is what will keep him there. Let's give it up for Trentino. Oh. Uh, and uh, what is, is that the lake? That you're at, and just put a pump. I'm on the beach. Yeah. From bro, oh, he's he's from the beach. Yeah, from beach. Well, thank you guys right so much. The beach, boy. It's it's amazing to uh, to have something like this uh, pandemic make it to where we're able to communicate and reach out and do things that I don't think we would even thought we'd be doing a month ago. But it's been the nine at nine has been a lot of fun for all the people watching and for our panelists and our guests coming on and just getting to chop it up, talk about what's going on right now, talk about some, some things that are a little more direct to, to the skill set that you all possess. But let's just start running into it. Delta, we were talking about it earlier. So we're, did you set the alarm to wake up for this or are you still awake from the day before at this point? I, 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 I'm still wake up, man, because uh, I, I was at the studio before and um, – I saw a lot of, of, of films on Netflix, <laughs> and I'm here. Definitely. <laughs> yes, it was okay. a long day. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we appreciate you staying, staying awake. We'll take you right into breakfast, for sure. <laughs> just, just keep it going. Uh, start making coffee. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah I had I, I had one coffee before, but I I, I have to prepare <laughs> another, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. coffee for you. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> that the it goes well with the burgers. What do you say, big ones? Yes, all all day. <laughs> there you go, Delta. Now, now you're um 2011. That was like one of the very first uh, Red Bull three styles, right? Or when it? Yeah. So it was the second year that it went um, international. So 2010, yeah, 2010 was the first year, and then 2011 was the second year. So. It's crazy because I feel like um, in those first years of its inception, it, it it really changed a lot, and and guys like you are definitely. Uh, the kind of guys I think that pushed it forward where in some ways it was a little, it wasn't, I won't, we don't want to call it hokey, but it was certainly guys weren't taking it only, um, you know, they were trying to be different, I guess, as a battle thing. But, you know, I saw at some of the, the regionals where guys were like busting out dance routines and, and doing stuff that was like completely a little gimmicky. And, and I feel like the turntable has kind of got involved and really turned it into what, what we call now really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, they initially they wanted to, it to be like a part, like a straight up party thing, you know, where it was just like, let's take the best club DJs. And, you know, I don't think they really took into account the turntablist guys because pretty early on, uh, at least in the first year, like, like, uh, like for example, drastic from Canada, you know, he's a former DMC dude, half a fugly by the way. And, uh, he, um, you know, he won Canada and I think he got top three in the world. I think they, they, they kind of realized pretty quickly that guys that basically like club DJs that have like a DMC or ITF or whatever background, are they going to be the ones that are really going to excel? Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, from like 2010, 2011, 2012, when Zach won, 2013, when Trent won, uh, I mean, every year the level just got like astronomically higher. Yeah, it's sort of what happened with DMC too. Like it wasn't yeah. a turntableist battle at the start either. Totally, they just took over. Yeah, and also like something to note is right. the freestyle. The first couple of years, it was invite only. Yeah. So you yeah. basically had the local Red Bull reps choosing the curate curated curated. Yeah, yeah. Curated. <laughs> and, and the, yeah. What the crazy thing is, really, 2011 was the first. So it was the first year that that it went, or sorry, the second year that it went international. But at least it was the really in the U S it was the first year that it actually went super national because the first year yeah. it was like New York, LA, and then a bunch of like, like four or five, like really small cities, like Oklahoma city and like, uh, I don't know, like Boston or I think something. Pittsburgh was one of them, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh was one of them. So you have all these like small cities, but like no Chicago, like, um, no Miami, it was super weird. So, so my year 2011 was the first year that it really like went national. Um, and dude, I'll never forget. Uh, I got a 5am text from Trentino being like, yo, I just met the new Red Bull rep in Chicago. It's coming to Chicago next year. Three stops coming in. Like we need to get into the shit now. And we were like, uh, you know, yeah. both of us I was really just in, super lucky that I ran into yeah. her like at a club at the and, and uh yeah and then just like hounded her for the next several weeks to make sure that me and Ian yeah. could get in there. Yeah, we were both like hollering at every single person we knew that had any connection to Red Bull because neither of us did at that point. We were like, yo, both of us need to be in this this thing because this is like made for what we do. So that's, that's dope, man. So yeah. you you were already touching on it, but uh um 
assuming like you and, and, and Trentino have, you guys have known each other, go back, oh. both being from Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. how, long, how long have you guys known each other? Uh, <laughs> Dude, a long, a I long time. Met. I mean, we met at a guitar center battle. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Art's won a couple of those. Or something? Yeah, I, uh, I made it to the U.S. I made it to the finals like 2000. Oh, the poster's right there. 2006. I battled like Merge and like Illtrax. Oh, damn. Okay. But, so but did we... for me, because I shared the stage with Common, uh, I remember Common, Madlib, and Kanye was there, and A Track was there. They kind of oh, bumped into do a secret nice. set, and I bumped into A Track, and he was like, you know, I don't want to do his voice, but he's like, hey, what's up, guys? What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, me and Kanye, we're going to do a thing, and then we're going to get out of here and do another thing. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. It was, you know, yeah, I think I did it in like oh two oh three. I was like sixteen. Yeah, we yeah. had yeah really yeah two yeah probably two thousand three. Um, and then what? You went away to college and we didn't see each other for like four or five years. And then he moved back and we reconnected and started wow. DJing together. And you yeah. know that we all share that. And again, two thousand two, I think maybe uh, uh, Guitar Center GC spinoff might have started that time, or yeah, was it going on before that? Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah. Crazy. I have I have a tape, a VHS tape, and it might have been the first year, but like Sprite was in it. Uh, um, Pirates, shots of the Platter Pirates. Yeah, Platter Pirates. Uh, I'm trying to think who won. Maybe Illtrax. I don't know. Yeah, we 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 didn't meet the. It was one of the first years, but um, I don't think it was the very first year. Uh, yeah. But that's old, man. We're we are old. Well, you know, that, that's where I met as one. We met at Guitar Center Atlanta 2002 for the regional finals for our, for the East Coast. Damn. Yep. <laughs> Lord, Lord was in that battle with us. Lord, Impulse, Impulse. And Lord. Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Wait, Impulse from yeah. battle? Which yeah. Impulse? Oh, wow. Which yeah. Impulse? Scratch Mechanics. Yeah, oh, Baltimore, Baltimore Impulse. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. I never knew that's that. My, that's, my, that's my guy. My G. Yeah. Shout out to Impulse. He'll be he'll be around later on tonight for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> pull up, pull up. And you know, um, I guess out of this group, uh, Licks, I think you're the you're the baby of the group. You're the the the, the young wizard that's coming up. Um, how many years have you been battling? I know you've been Not long actually. I started with uh, uh, Red Bull actually like last in 2018, so it was my first battle ever. And uh, wow. yeah, I came back and I, I tried again. But, nice, dope. That's what it's all about. Yeah. 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 yeah I had I had the, the rush. I had to do it again. I just That's awesome. had to. <laughs> no, I I one hundred one hundred percent connect with that. I tell people all the time. Some people jump out of planes. Some people ride roller coasters to get their rush. I jump in front of thousands, like hundreds to thousands of people to judge me. Like, like that's <laughs> yeah. how I get. Like, I keep it on the ground, but like, fuck jumping out of a plane. I'll just stand in front of people. All right, I'll do my thing. Judge me. Uh. I jump on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably a lot of people that would much rather jump out of a plane than get in front of a stage um, as a DJ. I, I think you know. True. In general, even if it's just rocking a party, a lot of times people don't understand what we go through uh, when you're, you're putting yourself into a place of vulnerability and uh, you know, people that make the profession look easy, make people that don't understand go, Oh man, it must be so cool and so great and so easy to be a DJ. And it's, it's a compliment to when someone says it must be easy to be a DJ. I always 
think you should take it as a compliment because it means that they've watched you and think that it's mm. you're, you're not sweating and you're not showing what's actually going on in your in your brain like if they were able to see inside our heads most of the time they'd be like no thanks i well, i'll jump out the plane. thinking about it because i usually get like uh, mad, not mad but like offended kind of because of the hours that i put behind it and when people say it's like easy i'm like well the, is it easy to become a, like a doctor or something not that I'm a doctor, but you know what I mean? Right. Like we, you guys understand that we, yeah. we put a lot of time and it's, it's not like actual book studies, but it's like, it's beyond that. It's like it, it, testing yourself every day and trying to go beyond yourself every day. Like, yeah. So surgeon of sound, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. And you know, and I, I think uh, Delta, you could probably speak on this uh, just, being that you're such a you've been a veteran in the dj world for so long when did you start battling uh, i had only one battle uh, in 2016. oh wow <laughs> Ooh, this, yeah this is my uh only battle dj battle experience because wow. I, I was a, um, a club dj for 25 years Wow. And um, uh, back in the band DJ for four or five years, I had um, a musician band and I touring with uh, these guys for five years. And one day I decided to participate, to enter in uh, Red Bull Tree Style, the first edition in Italy. Yeah. It was the, I, I am the, the first Italian champ in uh, Red Bull Tree Style. Wow. Oh, Red word. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I, I, I had only this uh, battling experience in the 2016 because the, I don't like a lot uh, DMC. Uh, six, six minutes are too short for me. I can't express myself as a DJ in um, a DMC routine. I need more time. So freestyle uh, was more... I was more confident with this uh, kind of, um, of format. So I entered it and I am here. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, man, because your, your videos are like some of my favorite that's, ever. That's oh, what I was. Know, like one, two minute things. Seriously, like you're, you're, one, like you're one of the few people that every time you put out a video, like I'm going to watch it. Like mm-hmm. there's literally like five. Yeah, dude, your videos are solid. Yeah. You're a, you're a bad, bad man. I started watching uh, the, um, the Matt Trades and Trentino videos because ah. never, I saw nothing. <laughs> about, uh, yeah, I, nev- I never knew uh, about Red Bull Tree Style. One time I was in uh, YouTube and, and I saw Trentino set in uh, Chicago. Uh, and I was like, man, this guy's dope. Look. He, he, he can uh, he, he do what I do in in the club for a competition. Yeah, I was like, okay, I have to enter in this. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Man, yeah, great. Trace too. Uh, I saw a lot of trace videos on YouTube. Um, these two DJs are um, uh, was a good inspiration for me. Mm. Thanks, right. man. I, f- I appreciate that. I think that's what you're, the, you're an inspiration to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the Red Bull three style competition when it first when it pretty much started that's that's what brought out a lot of like the you know the really really good like you know party DJs you know that that was too intimidated to get into like DMC uh, battles but yeah I think that's that's what 
brought up because like there was there was a lot of the especially like in, in our area uh, i mean i got to see you know I've, I've, I've got to see get live get live is like one of my favorite party yeah games. he was in my year yeah uh, and 11 to see yeah, he he played and, in the dc one too yeah he he won that oh really he won that too yeah he, oh great yeah, he won that no one. no no he he got second he got second to uh um cousin b but uh, i thought he won one in in dc i like, think he did one of the first ones I don't remember which one I, I judged. Uh, it's, it was either the one with Cousin B or, or Get Live. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's one, one of those things where so many like dope party DJs that, that can trick mix and, and but, you know, that doesn't have the patience to create like a like a true DMC routine, man. They, they, they totally shine in the Red Bull competition. Well, you're you're a DMC vet yourself, right? I mean, you. Uh, Shouts to the you know. troopers crew, exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> McDonald's battles, too, right? Don't forget the McDonald's battles. I battled uh, DMC, but like you know, like you know, ID Inferno. Yeah. Quicks, they you know they they were way better than I than what I did. Well, but you did uh, the the three style the one year too, right? Uh, I did, I did, yeah. I, I actually uh, did in uh and, and twelve. <laughs> I I judged that. Twenty twelve. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you <laughs> look. That was well, a weird one. Yeah, that was like, like Howard or something, and it was like like five was Howard, or some shit. It was Howard that was, theater, yeah. It was yeah. That was bizarre. Um, <laughs> that was, that was weird. just a weird. Battle. That was an interesting that was, battle. That was a weird who, night. who won yeah. that one? I forget. Spencer Tracy. Oh, yeah. that was the one. Spencer won. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was at. He um, doesn't. That was when the Howard Theater had just opened too. It hadn't. They hadn't uh, been doing a ton of shows yet. It'd just been remodeled and, and reopened. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the after party for that. They had Mayor Hawthorne. I remember thinking, like, yeah. having all these local DJs and then seeing, like, uh, yeah. Mayor Hawthorne is at, like, the same level as a lot of these competitors. It was like, man, my eyes were open. Just like Gio was saying, there's a point of, like, intimidation that comes from looking at the DMC and being like, I don't know if I could hang there. But then seeing your peers and even, like, celebrities on this Red Bull, like, under the Red Bull umbrella is really, yeah. for my generation of DJs, kind of changed the perspective of, like, yo, I want to try this. I mean, for this. me, it wasn't even, like – um it wasn't even being like shook or anything it was just like i know i don't have uh the technical ability to really succeed in dmc so when i saw three styles like i i do have the technical ability and like the musical sense to succeed there right and i was already playing clubs and stuff i wasn't really that interested in battling until three style came along because it seemed to relate more to what i was doing yeah that's how me and him dj'd in the club every night anyway and again it's like we i did dmc a couple years like did okay but i knew that i was never going to be at the level that like where i could win even my city or like anything beyond that but three style like that for uh, for both of us was just like oh this is like made for what we do like this is how we dj every night anyway or used to dj um so it wasn't that big of a stretch to like you know write new stuff for that for that battle show and and shout out to chicago in general i i think if djs know but i don't know if the whole world really realizes how important of a city chicago is to dance music to djing to the culture yeah Um, you know i feel like sometimes would not be what it is if it wasn't yeah and i think that's how Mm -hmm. that's how i know you guys trentino and big ones you guys uh did the boat takeover which is uh pretty 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 dope uh party yeah tell us about that um so we did uh you know we we did a bunch of shows uh both of us we we performed together and we were doing this before 
even three style was a thing. Yeah. We, yeah, like 2010. Yeah. There was a party, uh, this really tiny club in Chicago called Angels and Kings. Um, and it was just like a uh, pop music party. Um, and uh, it was, did, so it was started by White Shadow who like ended up producing for Lady Gaga and like, uh, he just won a Grammy. Yeah, uh, I remember him. Yeah, so he started it. Um, and uh, me and friend, character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We both ended up joining his like uh, booking agency, I guess. Uh, and we got to play together at this party. And from the moment, like me and him got on stage together, it was like, we we're like, they couldn't, like we, we ended up like playing the rest of the night. We were supposed to play for like an hour and we went for like the whole night. And from then on, we were like, all right, we should like make this a, a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, pro- we, we got to play a Lollapalooza together. We played yeah. at the Indy 500 That's in cool. front of 20,000, 20 to 24,000 people. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, good, good times. That's <laughs> awesome. It's, it, it's great to hear also, um, Delta, back just what you were saying about how you were learning um, and just being inspired by these guys' videos. And then here we are, whatever many years later, and they're sitting here talking about how they always love checking your videos and, and how DJing is such a, it's such a beautiful art in that sense, hip hop culture in general, about how we, it's just in, in the culture that we grew up into, battling is, is, a, is a natural thing, but it's also, if it's done like with respect and, and love and inspiration, it's like you're using that to constantly make yourself better, whether it's a, a DJ or an MC or a, a dancer, it's, you know, there, there's, there's a uniqueness to it. And I was curious, uh, when when you started, um, you know, what was your first inspiration in terms of musically? Was it hip hop or was it more the funk, soul, disco grooves? Uh, when I started, I was uh, the the first record that I bought was um, an hip hop twelve uh, inch, uh, Public Enemy. I don't remember, but something from Public Enemy. But at the same time, I started with the house music too, because um, I bought a lot of uh, Nervous Records uh, 12 inch. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this label um, is specialized, was specialized on hip hop with Black Moon, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron, and with the house music too, like Master at Works, uh, Little Louis Vega, uh, Kenny Dope. So, I started with these two um, uh, styles of music, of music, uh, hip hop and house music. But for 20 years, I played only hip hop, funk, soul, the strictly um, uh, black music from New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, man. And um, shout out to Montreal, Licks. I've I've been to Montreal a few times, and every time I've been there, uh, I've just I've loved how how just captivating the city is. But how how much people appreciate music there? At least at least the experiences I've had there. Um, Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels that way, right? When you're a guest in another town, you get to the, you get you look at it. I I was you know I I was there uh, at a time where it was like. Um, you know, some of the underground parties were just like really bumping and you could you could play a whole bunch of different styles of music and you could definitely get in on some soulful music and some some uplifting music and crowds would really rock with it. But 
I see from your from your resume, like you're a well-rounded musician. What and what got you into wanting to DJ? What got you into that side of it? Um, well, I just I don't know. I had a turntable there that I was using for sampling, and then for what? at one point, for, for at one point I just got a oh second. sampling. Sorry. <laughs> and then at one point I got a second one. Somebody gave me another another twelve hundred. So I just started dabbling with it. And that's how I got to it. Like I, I, I my first third table was bought for sampling uh, music to make beats, pretty much. That's oh. dope. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then, when did you decide, like, man, I think I need to pursue the DJing side of this? Um, when I, I, I noticed that there was, uh, I could actually do what I love and and live from it, basically. Because making beats here in Montreal is like, I don't know, um, the way that I, yeah, I, anyway. I've been brought up, it's not easy, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, I just decided to, to, to go with full force with DJing at that point. Because, I mean, you could get gigs pretty much doing anything from weddings, from like anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. If, Whereas if people that. selling beats, it's like, okay, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a much longer build as a beat maker producer to come up and actually get to a point where it's financially sustainable. But I guess that's something that uh, big ones, I know you do a lot of mixing and mastering and studio work as well. Is that something you could kind of speak to as far as establishing yourself in that space? Um, I did. Sorry, I just stepped out for a second to, to my, my, my puppy was uh, banging was at the door. So what, what was the question? Uh, so uh, Lix was saying how uh, coming into the space as a producer and like getting a f her first turntable with the perspective of making beats and there's like a lot more of a struggle to make money and make a sustainable living there. Is that your experience as well where it's harder to establish yourself in that like production space versus the DJ space? Um, yeah, I mean, my situation is a little, um, a little different because I, um, uh, when I first started, um, I was like trying to DJ and produce uh, at, at the same time. And it was one of those things where it was like, um, uh, it ended up becoming a thing where it was like, well, I could be like an okay DJ and an okay producer, or I could um, really put all my time into DJing um, and be like, you know, put all my time and effort into that and be the best DJ I can, I could be. Cause that's, that's really why I wanted to get into music was, was, was DJing always. Um, production was just kind of a secondary thing. When I was in like college, uh, I would like make beats for friends that were like MCs and stuff. But um, I made the decision to like really just focus on DJing. Hindsight, I wish I would have stuck with production uh, way back when, but um, you know, I've really only been producing for, uh, uh, I don't know, probably like four or five years. Um, but the past few years, I've really gotten into uh, just the rabbit hole of like mixing and mastering. Um, Trentino was a big influence on, on that. He helped me like a ton when I was first starting. Um, but now that's kind of where my focus is more than DJing. But yeah, it's like back to the original question. It's, it's really tough to make it as a producer or even harder as like an engineer or, um, you know, mixer or mastering engineer. That's like a... Yeah, I, like I mean, I'm sort of similar, like, 
I basically played drums, DJed, and produced my yeah. whole life. But DJing was just like the clearest path to actually making money. Mm. So that's been like the majority. See, of my yeah, life. Um, it sounds like exactly like what Licks was saying there. It was, just, it was the easier way. Yeah, and plus, like for me. Um, you know, I think production is kind of like a cool thing now and it's like a popular thing where it, when we were coming up and it wasn't necessarily like that, um, you know, now you got guys that are like, you know, uh, producing 10 beats a day just on, on Fruity Loops and, you know, they're, they're getting placements because they're just, uh, you know, not to discredit anybody, but like I was never one of those guys that could just knock out 10 beats a day. You know what I mean? Like I, I had to like put time into it um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's, um, it's, it's a little different now because of the internet and there's so many people, more people doing music and, you know, kind of the barrier to entry is, is, is very minimal, which I think is a good thing. Um, but I was like, I was never one of those dudes that could just bang out a million, you know, just, just hip hop beats to just give to, to MCs. Like, uh, that was never like my... I was never good at it, but that's also never necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, so I'm trying to sell beats to like uh, starving heart artists, you know. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, We're all no starving way. artists <laughs> trying to eat off of another starving artist. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Me, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never really had much success with like. I mean, I would produce something specifically for an artist once in a great while, um, but it was always like, let's sit down and make this together, not like here's a beat CD of 100 beats, like pick something, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's a, it's a general balance when you're trying to make music here. The way I explain it to my students is you could, you could bang out beats, right? But in that, in that case, if you're talented enough to just know how to lay down a drum pattern with your hand on a pad or if you could just draw it in, the idea is you can make all those, you make 10 of those, hundreds of those a day, but sonic quality and accuracy, like you don't really get deep into the mix down or, you know, mixing um, the sounds basically, you know, and, and, and working on the sonics of it. So it's, it's like a balance, you know, I, the way I teach my students, I like to work, um, well, when they watch me work, I'm kind of doing everything all at once, you know, I'll yeah. lay the drum drums down, but then I'll lay down, say, the next sequence. But instead of moving on and just stacking, I'll stop and go, hey, check this out. Now I'm going to go, since I have this element and that element, I'm going to sidechain those first, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then I'll, I'll jump back into that world and then come back into just, you know, filling out the blocks, basically. Yeah. I, I also just like discovered in the last like couple of years that I actually like enjoy the process of like doing the engineering and the mixing and mastering more than I actually like the production, like the creation of a lot of the stuff. So, you know, now it's like everybody's trying to be a DJ slash producer. You almost have to be to make, to, to make it anywhere in this, in this world now. Um, but I, um, I don't know, like, again, like I'm production is not something that's ever really come supernatural to me. Um, I mean, DJing isn't either, but I, I, I would pick up DJ stuff way faster than production stuff. But yeah, for me, um, like the mixing and mastering didn't really come into play until I started making dance music. Yeah. So I was also making like hip hop and pop and R&B stuff to try to get placed. And I would never, you know, mix it because it wasn't the final product. But then yeah. when I started making my own music to release under my own name, the that's skip. when I started mixing and mastering and got like super, super deep on that stuff. 
yeah. and now I, I'm almost the same way. Like it, it's kind of nice to mix stuff that you're not like totally invested in like you are with your own music. It's nice to just sit yeah. back and like do the work and like not worry about, you know, all the other stuff. Mm. The being judged part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like we're lucky. Uh, me and Trentino also. There's another guy, uh, Kid Cut Up, who um, Cut Up, yeah, uh, is an LA guy, but he's from Milwaukee. Um, we, the three of us, all kind of like came up together, and our career tra trajectories and like our interests have all kind of like flowed at the same time. So we all came up as DJs, started doing some production, and now all of us are like um, really going crazy with the engineering stuff. So the three of us are always, you know, like. Um, I've learned a ton from, from Trentino and cut up. Um, hopefully they, you know, like we are we're, we're always like sharing knowledge and, and stuff like that. And, um, it's good to have, I think of like when I started DJing, like, um, I had DMC videos to learn from. That's all I, that's all I, you know, that, that's all the knowledge I could gather. Obviously this is so far pre-internet. Um, and I didn't really have anybody. I grew up in like a, um, a decent sized city just right outside of Chicago, but nobody that was my age or anybody that I knew personally was into DJing until I got, you know, until I'd been in it for a couple of years. Um, so now it's been nice as the three of us are kind of making this journey into like the mixing, mastering, some production stuff. Like uh, it's cool to have people to like bounce ideas off of and, and uh, we're all kind of learning together at this point, which is cool. So. Yeah. And, tr and I was actually going to, uh, Ask Trey's, you know, you you've been uh, through a crazy transition over the last just few months, and into your new pad and got the new studio. And uh, have what what's your kind of flow at this point when it comes to production and and doing your mastering work? And uh, have you found have you found some late nights, some time to do it from here and there with the with the Mister uh, Mom schedule? <laughs> no yeah no, no. no, no just put a record out hold on though well the record we put out i had nothing to do with except for i sent the stems to the vinyl mastering guy that that the edit was done like three years ago but it happened to be a it happened to be a really good candidate for this record um and i'm sitting on a ton of, i'm sitting on a ton of those that we're gonna be putting out on 45 like just one after the other, after the other. Um, yeah. but, but those are already done. So it was a matter of like pulling up the session, export the stems, send the stems off to the guy. That's it. I'm done. Sit back, get my checks. Like, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I want my $2. <clears throat> Give me my $2. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, I don't have a lot of time since, uh, like the whole shutdown thing started. I don't have a lot of time to work in the studio. Um, it ends up being like just a few hours a week, like maybe three to six hours a week, more like on the three side. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, I'm, uh, it's nice to be in here talking with you guys. <laughs> man i was supposed to i was supposed to you know possibly come see this the studio last weekend i was supposed to do a little east coast run and you know obviously that's not happening but yeah i i had extended invites to like you know all my friends yeah and um it's a shame 
Uh, the, my, my, so before like pandemic shutdown happened, my main working hours were like, uh, 9am to about 3.30 PM, uh, Monday through Friday. That's when my kids are in school. So, um, I could be very productive then. And then I wouldn't have to stay up late. Uh, cause I got all my work done during the day and, you know, I could do like a little bit of social media at night if I needed to, but I got all like my creative work and emails and business and music and stuff like that. Uh, but these days, because, you know, kids aren't in school, it's a struggle to find time to even keep up with like the minimum stuff I have to do. Like I'm, I work for DJ city as an official remixer editor and I have to like, I'm obligated to provide them with a certain number of edits every month. So that's been a struggle to like, keep up with that. Um, it's not a lot, but yeah. Uh, 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 (laughs) short story long. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. Um, and especially we have DJ Delta, of course. From Italy. Now. <laughs> we need to get, get him to wake up. Um, but yeah, it, it was ground zero in Italy for, 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 for Europe, you know. Uh, I mean, how, 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 do, how are you guys dealing with that? And like how, you know, like um, I'm sure you've had to cancel a whole lot of like gigs and uh, how are you dealing with it? In Italy is a nightmare. The people still dying and we are hardly uh, lock it down. There is the, the police in the street and we are locked at home, at home uh, from, the, the, from March, like two months is, is incredible. And of course I lost all my gigs for the whole year because um, in Italy the clubs are will close uh, uh, the um, uh, will open it will open in uh, spring 2021 wow oh, oh. Oh. wow man it's a shit situation really oh. uh, the, the the whole system is uh, in crisis uh, yeah. um, nobody work um, uh, a lot of clubs and festivals uh, right now are out of business and we will see what happens in the in the future but i hope i i i hope to start to 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 djing out italy uh, in uh, in the international clubs but right now i i can't exit from my my country Oh, man. So I have to oh, wait. I have to wait this shit too. You know, yeah. is it really? I'm glad hard? you mentioned that because a lot of people, at least in like media outlets here in the states, have been saying that Italy is kind of uh, a a really good case study for what's going on right now in the United States because it hit you guys earlier than it's hitting us, and we're kind of looking to Italy as an example of what we're doing right, what we're not doing right, just as citizens day to day. Hearing yeah. that. Spring yeah. 2021 is projected is that's very very telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other countries can study our uh, epidemiological uh, statistics situation. You know, 
because we, yeah, we experimented this pandemic two, two, two months before the other countries. Yeah. So we are uh, an example. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's really hard. Right, right now, it's really hard in Italy. I don't know how, the, uh, how, how my country will, um, will, will, will fight with this situation. We solve, we, we, we'll solve this situation, but it's really hard. It's really, really hard. It's a nightmare. Has there been any, I can only imagine like how much harder it is seeing this two months longer than we have, but to kind of put a little bit of sunshine on, have there any, been any like government relief there that's been making it a little bit easier to just make up for the lost income from the gigs? We haven't really even talked about that from your perspective internationally. And actually I'm curious about that one for Canada as well, Liz, yeah. if you guys could speak to that. Uh, Really, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know because we um, we have to wait every day for government decision decisions, you know. So we can programming a tour. We can programming um, a, 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 lo a, a long program life, you know. Right. Uh, this can affect the economy, can affect the everyday life. And I don't know, man, it's, it's really hard right now. Have they done anything to give you guys like stipends or any kind of checks to help out at all? Sorry? Have they given any Italian citizens uh, like checks any money or anything like any money get, to help you out? Get any money. <laughs> a little bit, really a little bit. Um, like uh, $600 per month, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a, little, a little help, but this can help. <laughs> this can't help, you know, it's... Dropping the buckets of what you lost. Yeah, man, you have to, we have to wait. We have to wait a better situation. I hope to, 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 to start to exit to my country and starting DJing in, uh, in, the, in the international market. I can't wait Italy. I can't wait my country. Hey, spring we 2021. Gotta, is, we got to get you over to America. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, so, it's, it's not so sweet here either. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not great. Sweet. I mean, I, I applied for uh, unemployment in Pennsylvania, and it took them five weeks to send me a message back saying that I was, I was ineligible because I'd lived most of the previous year in Maryland. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't even apply weeks for you to tell me that. And then, so now I just applied for the Maryland one, but we'll see if I get a drop of that. Maryland's been rough. I They're going to be you like, you, you, you haven't lived in Maryland. You haven't been in Maryland. <laughs> you, know, you left, you left. It's fine. You were born in Seattle, Washington, so no. So this is a shot. You don't have shot in the dark. Right? <laughs> it was a shot in the dark. Let's see if I get like my couple bucks out of it. Well, what about you? Like, like, what, what's what's going on in Canada as far as like helping out like you know um, self-employed people and I mean all the citizens as well. Can you guys hear me? First of all, yeah, yeah. You can't yep. see me though, right? Uh, you're frozen right now. Exactly. Frozen, but we hear you. My camera, I don't know why there's, it's been shutting off. But anyways, um, 
they have been giving people money. Uh, some it's unemployment, some is CERB, uh, CERB, I'm not sure what it stands for exactly. I, I think it's Canadian Emergency uh, Fund something. Um, and uh, I haven't applied yet, unfortunately. I had to have done my taxes on time and I don't do my taxes on time because I'm that responsible person. <laughs> <laughs> EJs aren't known to do our taxes on time, so I feel yeah. Like my taxes are t- airtight, airtight. Oh it, it used I, to be I, like I, that I with me. At some point, I just like stopped. Well, actually, I stopped when I started working on my three cells. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on uh, three cell, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, but seriously, I just have to do that and then apply. Apparently, it's pretty easy to get. Um, most people get them, uh, and they're giving either unemployment, which I think it's a, a, a percentage of whatever you worked, or the service, I think $2,000 per month or something like that. But it's $2,000 Canadian. <laughs> and that's a one-time check? It's, it's supposed to be, I heard it's up to three months, but we're no. going on the three months. So I'm not sure what's going to go on after that. 2000 a month for three months. That's not bad. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, but really after good. that, You have to think about the fact that the government is going to come and take 35 to 50% of it back from the taxes. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that great. And, and you got to pay taxes on unemployment here too. So yeah. Yeah. So, it, well, it's not that great, but it's better than nothing at all. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Uh, anyway, I still haven't applied, so I can't really complain. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, they, I, I heard that in the States they were freezing mortgages and, uh, and uh, rents and stuff. Nope. No, no. no. Uh, no. <laughs> they were People hoping. To get that stuff to happen. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. are. You heard about the dream. The dream, because my, my aunt is in Boston, and she, she said that they, they froze it for three months, I think. It might depend on uh, different cities. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like, for me, like, uh, you know, I got my, you know, car note, you know, my car payment, like, deferred till August. Okay. Uh, and oh, some other bills. But, like, yeah, like, mortgages and rent, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, my mortgage company told me that uh, they would they could put my account in deferment, but that means that, you still pay for it. Every month that I don't pay, I'm not going to get a penalty, but the interest keeps running. Mm-hmm. And then when the deferment's over, they split up all the payments I missed and spread it out over the rest of the payments. So my payment gets higher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Same well, that's not a that's months. not a real freeze. No, no, well, not some, at all, actually. No, some people yeah. are actually um, where they'll they'll if you miss your payments for those three months, at the said date that they say then determine you basically have, you know, maybe six months to pay the entire thing back. So it's not even like it's spread out throughout a thirty year of your whatever your remaining loan is. It's more like when they deem that, you know what, if you're not making money by now, it's your fault, not my fault. And a lot of people are going to lose their, probably lose their homes through, it's almost like, a, you know, the cash loan, like the put your title down to your car to get an advance on your check and then they yeah. get your car. It's, it's kind of predatory if you, if, yeah. you, if you sit and start to think about what's going to happen. I mean, if you're sitting on like a $3,000 mortgage, which in any city and in, in major city in America is pretty easy to come by. And you let that 
triple on you and you got nine grand to pay on top of your normal bills it's that are pretty much in the rears as well so yeah yeah like everything that you've put on the side coming back is you know you're, you're gonna have all these multiple uh, balloon payments on you that i don't think most people are really prepared for you know but why like the banks it's only like scriptural money right so it's only like you charging me interest for lending me this type of money why can't you just freeze it i mean the interest why can't you just freeze it that's what i don't understand Nobody and so it's a lot of things they could do but they choose not to unless the government forces them to do it yeah and the government is probably not because they're yeah which will never and it's and it's totally arbitrary like my car note they were really nice no questions asked i don't have to make a payment till july i'll probably get that extended too and they just said oh well you just take all the payments you miss and we'll just tack them on the end like extending the life of yeah, your that's what they should like, be doing that's yeah. great that's, like that's, that's fair. And uh, the 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 interest does keep running, but I mean, it's it's a negligible amount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the it's a choice that every company makes. You know, the the loan, the the mortgage companies, they don't they don't want to make that choice. Yeah. Well, it's 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 bigger than that. I, I mean, I think it has to it. And Delta, you might even be able to speak on this in Italy, but did they freeze the mortgages and, and all the bills in Italy? Yeah, it's, it's the same in the, in the US. It's the same things that the trades say. Before. So just the, yeah, just the, the delay, but you're still, yeah. everything yeah. comes due. It's yeah. Situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the true solution would have been uh, beyond anything our world probably was ever ready for which would have been a complete global freeze of all economy and all money and every everything on hold and it just i can't see people the, the, all the greed in our societies there's no way that these countries would would do that for humanity so it's yeah. it's not, it's almost not fair to even put it on um mortgage companies and banks because they're all also held accountable to their bills and they're and and so it really has to go all the way to the top to the people that print the monies and they obviously have showed us they're not willing to do that so as soon as they say they're not willing to do that it just becomes a selfish trickle down of people saying well if they're not doing it for me i'm not going to do it for you you know it's like well, we can't technically yeah like we can't do it because our bills are still coming and and we we definitely have um you know i think a new probably a new approach on what we all want out of our countries and our governments and our societies based on, you know, this insane situation that's been put on us that none of us could fathom. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of us, you know, I, uh, you guys were talking about how you're, you're also doing mastering and stuff. Like a few of my friends that own studios that I do that, that do like lots of side hustle engineering work. Like they're actually luckily still working because they're, a lot of people are actually trying to get their albums done or trying to get, you know, projects that have been sitting in the studio that need to finally get mastered. And, and they're actually not doing their other gigs. So they're sitting at their studio doing stuff. But, you know, for, for most of the creatives that I know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tough sledding. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been trying to do. Like right when they were starting to announce all these shutdowns, I was putting up posts like, Hey, like 
this is not like a selfish thing for me, but like every musician is going to be out of work for a while. Everybody's going to be sitting at home making music. Like if there's any way I can help you get your stuff to where it needs to be, like, you know, um, you know, let's, let's work on this together. And I have gotten a couple things, but um, still like, you know, the entire just creative world is just like gone and, you know, with the snap of a finger. Yeah. So. That just kind of sparked a thought for me real fast. Um, this isn't an original thought, but I think it's relevant to what you just said big once. The big, the big picture about if you look at America in the 60s and like social movements that came out of economic struggle, struggle political struggle, all that, um, the art that comes out of that is timeless. And I think that one of the benefits that we have, and I keep coming back to this, our job is to make people feel stuff with sound. So we have the ability in this moment to really just do our part to kind of contribute to that and give people an escape and make people feel stuff. I think there's something to be said about the music and the art that's going to come out of this time because it's now been seven and a half weeks that at least I've been locked in my apartment and everybody yeah. else that does something creative is in the same boat. So it's, I'm, working on I'm interested to see how this affects creativity and the art that comes out of it, even though this is absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, that is the only positive is like, um, That's you know, that again, like everybody's now sitting at home doing, you know, you have nothing to do, but make, make, make art or make music or whatever. So, um, yeah, there's probably going to be some some cool stuff happening, and you know there has been uh, cool projects being released or whatever. But yeah, I mean that that's the only positive to to this kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's like again, how how there's also the other side of that where it's like, um, you know, I think if you're creative, you might feel pressure. It's like okay, now I gotta like now I gotta put this stuff out. Um, so it's like, it's like both sides. It's like, it can be overwhelming, you know, because now there's the expectation that people are going to be putting out music and, uh, you know, continuing to put product out. But, you know, if, if, you know, inspiration isn't striking you or whatever, uh, you know, you got bills to pay and whatever else, it's like, there's the expectation that the people should be putting stuff out, but also, um, you know, it's just, it, it, it just, for whatever reason, it might not be feasible for everybody at, at the moment. So. And there's the mental health aspect. aspect yeah, of that for too. sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like I, you know, anybody that checks in with me and asks how I'm doing, I'm like, I'm fine. Like I've been living this quarantine life for like, you know, <laughs> 20 years. I feel like now, you know, we are kind of uniquely built for this. this. It's like, yep. you know, now, now the rest, the rest of the world is getting a taste of how we live. Um, and it's like, dude, I got to put a mask on when I leave my crib to go to the grocery store. Like, okay. Like, you know, my wife is not working. She's here. She's, she's going a little stir crazy, but as far as my day-to-day -day life, other than the complete loss of income thing, like mentally, it's like, this is affecting me way less than most people because I've been doing the same shit for 20 years, you know, like, I mean, we've been living that quarantine life. <laughs> well, some people, man, about it's, how, you it's know. about how you let the stress affect you as well. So yeah, people, yeah. Um, the type of stress differently than others. Um, luckily, you know, I, I, I'm, I consider myself lucky. I've never really struggled with any of yeah. any of that. I know a lot of people do. Um, I've just, I guess, always been able to be like, well, if this is not something that I can control me, myself, personally, like, I can't get that upset about it, you know? Um, Bingo. 
this isn't something that I, you know, that any of us can, you know, we can obviously all do our part to help make this go away, but, um, you know, it's here. There's nothing, you know, other than like wearing a mask and not being an idiot, like, you know, there's nothing any of us can do to make this go bad by any faster. So it's just like, well, you know, let's ride it out. Um, Wear the mask, wash your hands, just kind of do what you can do. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's, man, this, this stuff, you know, there's a couple of people here not from America, but, you know, the people that are, it's like every day on the news, we're seeing these protesters without masks and, you know, let me, let me go back to work. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of like non, uh, you know, a lot of not believing in science going on right now, which to me is just like, what is happening like why <laughs> all that that stuff goes on all the time now you know Lick, i just got a highlighter you, around it what are you saying Lex? did you guys ever think that you would be living through a situation like this i mean when Hell. trump got the, got to president i thought we would probably have a world war three or something yeah but never like coming. a pandemic or anything like that it's coming yeah right. it's, it's coming no my <laughs> wife and i have a bailout plan it's in uh <laughs> that's in episode two our doomsday prepping. Yeah, an episode two. I'm 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 already building a bunker here. Oh, you got the property, man. I rent. Uh, I I'm watching doomsday uh, preppers. I rent an excavator, and I'm legit building a bunker here. There we go. That's not a joke, but still. I genuinely started watching doomsday preppers just be like, "Ha, ah, that's funny." And then I was like, "Oh God, oh no." Oh, this is this is too yeah, close. That show's they don't awful, look uh, they don't look so crazy watched, now, right? I watched that show to sleep though, that's for sure. I like play, play Doomsday Preppers and like fall asleep to that. That's hilarious. Just so like some of those things might seep in, like if I ever find myself in the moment, like, oh yeah, I had a dream about how preppers do it. Like, no, well, you were watching Doomsday Preppers. It's it's funny that you say that, but you know, I've lived in DC for so long. Um I've lived in DC through the nine eleven attacks and um We've always, my wife and I have always had uh, kind of like an exit strategy that rotated daily based on where we were. So it's like I would know where she was on what side of town if something really bad happened and like who's the closest to go pick up the kids from school and what's the route out of the city. And That's insane. Yeah, I mean, and like oh, having man. it in a schedule because we're both self-employed, we're both kind of rolling, running 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how many how many of you guys have kids. I, I you know, Trey's and I, we we have conversations as much as we can. Just um, sometimes, just venting about you know the the rigors right now of of trying to you know keep cool and and do what is really important for our kids first and foremost. And you know, I I was seeing uh, that a little bit. Shout out to DJ Ayers. I mean, he was on on Twitter yesterday just talking about some personal situation with his own kids and. You know, it's, I've definitely felt myself in that same boat of, you know, like your patience is thin and you're, you know, it's so much easier to, to crack and snap. Um, and, you know, we're grown adults. I mean, I can't imagine what, what kids are going through right now. And Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to have young kids now. I mean, you guys get all the props in the world, man. I can't, you know, that's... that's... Yeah, I've definitely, uh, the first two weeks... The first two weeks of this felt like vacation for everybody around yeah, here. Okay. Yeah, for and sure. And by by the end of week three, by the end of week three, I could start seeing like a noticeable change in the kids. 
and we're coming up on week eight now, and we're just like losing our fucking minds over here. Trez, is your are your kids old enough to be in school? Your oldest is right. Yeah, well, like, the two older ones were both in like all all day preschool. Okay, okay. So they, you know, seven eight hours a day, they're in preschool Monday through Friday. So you're you're getting no kind of help <laughs> from your yeah. kid. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, I I honestly, honestly, every time that I get frustrated about like my situation, I have a 12 year old daughter, which is a whole nother level of trying to understand what she's going through and her body's changing. And it's like, you know, just, she knows she's in middle school. She knows everything. There's nothing. Dad isn't cool anymore. I used to be so cool to her. And now (laughs) like, get out of my zoom, get out of my zoom camera, dad. It's crazy because like they're mad like at at every age, they're stressed out too. Yeah, no, and then yeah. I have a six year old that's just like, I want to go to school. I don't like you being my teacher. You suck as my teacher. Like, <laughs> that's basically, what he's, he's that's what he's he's I'm you know saying it more figuratively, but that is exactly what he's saying. He's like, you suck. Like I want my cool teachers. I want Miss Lizzie and I want Miss Miss Margot, and they're fun and they make school cool. And you're like sitting here telling me to get my handwriting better you know and i'm like oh. all over top of him so anytime i get super frustrated i just think about trace and i'm just like i'm just yeah. like i don't feel so bad anymore <laughs> i don't know if that helps at all but bam he's got three man all under the age of five that's like Yeesh. oh my god yeah like, he's got a newborn or a, a one-year-old and then a three-year-old and a five-year-old like you are like outnumbered man dude, i mean that's beyond and it's not like you have all the normal things to just go and be like, hey, just go outside or do this, or we're gonna go, you know, burn well, three hours at at a place. And no, nah, we we go outside every day. I'm on four acres here, so we live outside. We're always outside. Um, yeah, but you can't go get that interaction where you could just pop them at a park with a bunch of other kids and just be like, uh, hey, do your thing. And no, there's like, no there's no playing with anybody. Just yeah. uh, just us. So yeah, yeah. And they've been they. Like the the two older boys, they used to kind of go at it a little bit, but they definitely go at it now. Like <laughs> definitely like beating on each other every day. Oh no! Yeah. I think I think that's still great though for them. They're gonna realize how special that is late, way later on. Like I grew up having imaginary friends, so I was like thirteen till my sister came. Around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Good for that, man. They, they, so, they're gonna love as it. one has imaginary friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say that's being that's Mr. Giggles. Don't you? You can pretend like it stopped at thirteen. We know you still have imaginary. Friends, bro. <laughs> I, I, I see him in the corner right now. Oh man! Oh. Do you have a date on school? Like when they're gonna open? Because they're talking here like twenty fifth of May or something like that. Uh, my, I was supposed to take Miles in. He's my oldest to That's go for uh, kindergarten orientation back in March. That all got canceled, and we don't have a date yet for like when school's gonna start in the fall. But their preschool, like last week, I want to say their preschool, we got a call from them saying that uh that they were going to open the preschool for uh, kids of parents who are essential workers. And my wife, she's, uh, 
she works at at the hospital, so she would qualify for sending the kids to school. But I was like, nah, no way. Like, it's not really safe. It's not worth the risk at that point. Yeah, like I don't want I don't want them to bring something home to me and then I get sick. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like I was I'm not, I was actually less worried about them getting sick and more worried about them getting me sick. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah, definitely the the big their their and uh, how does it called uh, without any symptoms? Forgot the word. Asymptomatic. Yeah. Asymptomatic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, we've been pretty healthy here. I do remember being like really really sick over the winter. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if if I had it. I wouldn't be surprised with the amount that I travel. I would not be surprised. Did you guys hear about the uh, um, the Nam fever? Oh, that's the thing no. every year. Ugh, yeah, that's gross. a Nam. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nam is disgusting anyway. Yeah, yeah I know. So there, many people. Oh my are gosh, too close to each other. But they mentioned like you know, California's probably got you know like uh, coronavirus like earlier as early as January. So like, list, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if if I already had it, a very like mild version of it. But yeah. yeah. Let me not. tell this story real quick, actually. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, oh. <laughs> my wife from Washington State, and this is a conversation we've had, but I think it's worth sharing for anybody who might be considering the, the possible spread of this. My wife's family is from Washington State, and they have uh, their own business that my mother-in-law runs. They, she has to go travel from state to state, and she does tattoo removal. She teaches people to take off other tattoo artists and people that do that out of the space. She teaches people at like little conferences that she sets up. So they were flying back from, uh, I think San Francisco. And then a couple weeks later, we usually call, talk to them every Sunday. They, we find out that they're both really sick. Like, Oh, okay. Well, hope you guys feel better. Call us next Sunday. Let us know if you need anything. My wife's sisters are both out there in Washington. We're just the ones on the other side of the country. We talked to them next week. They got even worse. We hear like their voices are gone. All the things that they tell you are signs of it before you actually get diagnosed. And we didn't really know what was happening. It was too early here in the States for people to be identifying the symptoms on that big scale. Another week goes by. We talked to them. They're like, yeah, it's still worse. Our breathing is like really, really difficult. And Weeks later, they start getting better and better. And now we're looking back on it like, you guys probably picked up something while you were traveling and they just didn't know any better. They didn't know nothing to compare it to. So we're really fortunate that it seems like all the signs and symptoms point to they had COVID-19, they recovered, they never saw a doctor, they didn't interact with anybody and we're happy that they're still here. But like, that was the thing that hit me after we all got back from Nam, yeah. you know, we were thousands all of people. We're all together. Everybody's sick yeah. and coughing and not covering that their mouths. Just gross. And touching all the gear. Like, oh I mean, I mean, is Nam ever gonna be this? Like, is anybody gonna want to go to that ever Great again? Clothes aren't gonna be the same anymore. You know, that's it's like touching all that DJ gear, that magnetic. Like, just give me all the like, you know, guys licking hey, records. Record. You want to use gonna be a white yeah, shirt? Sure. Oh in between God. everybody no. touching everything, there's going to be a new no child going to be called a wiper. <laughs> I mean, for real, though, I'm going to say, yes, we need to get back to that state. But the way we go about it might have to change. But at the end of the day, though, like, you know, from Spanish flu to here, like, think about what happened in between there. At some point or another, people got comfortable with 
being around people. People didn't have social media and in the 24-hour news cycle and all that. True. And that's too. what we have now that is also the unknown of, of like what's us to be able to do this now. But is this going to forever push us away from more physical content? Well, it shouldn't be like I'm. I'm a kind of a germaphobe. Let's talk about for the. Shouldn't be that way, honestly. It should just be like be be like. I I was raised that way. At that point, you're clean for others. You know what I mean? Like, wash your hands. It's why do you have to tell like adults to wash their hands? Like, how (laughs) does that make sense? I'm gonna be honest, straight up. Not when everybody you, lives the way we do. <laughs> yeah, but some people you know just like I mean? washing their hands. I, I, don't people, I don't think people are going to adapt anymore. I mean, there's I mean, yeah, elbow bump going. El- yeah, we're going to have to do the elbow bumps. Everybody's going to have to, like, at gigs, going to have to bring their own wipes, wipe down after each DJ, uh, and bring your own microphone, bring your own, yeah, like, sure. you know, I, I, I remember. Yeah, imagine. I mean, I how would some nights we would share records. Oh yeah, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> well, and that's and that's like something you know we want to talk about after this quick break. Sean, let's do your uh, let's do your tech tip of the week real quick. Tech tip then, of the week. And then real the, quick, uh, real quick. So yeah. it's yes, yeah, it says fifteen minutes past the hour. So uh, everybody, big shout out to everybody on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. If you want to join us on the chat here at in Zoom, make sure to. Uh, go to the link on the screen, bit bit.ly slash the nine at nine. We here we're here till eleven PM. So yeah, let's go ahead. Uh Sean Jay, take it away with the tech tip of the week. Uh yeah, all right, here we go, guys. I'll make this quick and uh simple. I've been getting a lot of questions about streaming stuff and we're seven weeks in, so I wanted to kind of illuminate a little bit of what I've been doing with OBS. So what we're gonna talk about here, I did my screen share. I want to make sure that's coming through. Uh, it's yeah. gonna mess up the whole stream. Coffee, thing. all the Come coffee. On. All right, I don't know if we can do anything to adjust how that looks for the viewers, but here's the quick and dirty tip. What I have here on uh, my screen, I'm gonna shrink this down a little bit so it fits on the window. I'm trying to preview it on IG. We've got an example of OBS and OBS, open broadcast software, is the software that most people are using to get their live streams from their computer and design your own layouts and send it out to the world. So. A lot of people have hit me up and I've had the same questions asked to me over and over. How you can keep your computer from getting choppy? So I made this as a little illustration. You've got different pictures and different resolutions. So that first one, 1920 by 1080 is a screen size we're sending out. This next picture, same thing, a little bit smaller, 1280 by 720. And then we've got some videos to kind of show the size of the screens in those resolutions. Here's what you can do in the settings of OBS to make this work a little bit better for you. Every computer's got three key things, especially if you're looking at a Mac versus a PC that are gonna cause OBS to struggle. The first one you want to look at is on your output settings. Oh, sorry, not the output settings, the video settings. You've got your base canvas resolution, and that's what we saw in the first window. This base canvas resolution is the size of the screen, the size of that picture of coffee right there, 1920 by 1080, for example, on this one. If I shrink that one down, to something smaller, for example, 128720, and hit apply. That's gonna make the screen that we're using to design what the internet sees smaller. That's why we got our example here of the next one down to 1280 by 720. Asking your computer to do that kind of work is one hiccup area. If you're telling your computer, I want the base canvas to be big and I want the output to be a little bit smaller, that takes a little bit of math. So 
if you want your computer to do less work, ask it to do less things. Keep the output canvas resolution and the base resolution the same. That's step one. Next, you want to take a look at your output bitrate for streaming. Uh, this is set for a 400. I think I did this as an example, but ideally on a Mac, for the most part, it's standardized equipment hardware-wise. So anything above about 2,500 kbps on most Macs is going to be good enough quality that people will be able to see what's happening and follow along with your video, your audio, all that stuff, and it won't be doing too much chopping. But once you get above about 4,000 kbps, it starts to just look good and gooder and gooder, but no <laughs> noticeable actual difference for people because YouTube, Whatever. Facebook, wherever you're streaming to is actually going to take the quality and drop it down on their end as well. So I recommend if, you're, if your video is getting choppy, start at 2,500 as your minimum and slowly wake, work your way up on the video bit rate. Last thing is essentially just if you've got a dedicated graphics card on your Mac, you're going to have a lot less problems because... In the Mac world, some of them have them, some of them don't. Um, if you've got a computer that is a PC, you can do a lot to get an external graphics card and other things that are just going to take the headache away. But since so many of us got into the Mac game in order to be DJs and creatives, this is the tip that I got for you on simplifying the settings. First, look at your canvas resolution versus your output. Make your computer do less math to make the screen size different than what you're designing in. Change your KBPS on the video output, and if you got a video card built in, use it. All right, thank you, Sean. Dope. dope. So, um, let's go ahead and talk about it, since you know uh, we'll still talk about the pandemic. But um, right now, you know, let's talk to Licks about Red Bull World Finals. Um, yeah, definitely postponed. It, it was supposed to happen April 20th to the 28th this past month in Moscow. How do you feel about that? And, and have you heard anything from Red Bull and what they're planning on doing? Well, What's everything is on hold. So uh, it's usual, usually a festival that they, that they throw at the end. So all festivals is 20, 2021. So I think it's going to be that. And uh, yeah, uh, that's all I, I know. I know they're 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 keeping alive the play with the music hashtag, and uh, we're all in this together. So we're just going with the the flow, I guess. You know. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, you know the the Russian national final for three style was like literally a few days before the U.S. went on lockdown. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Like, uh, it was very, it was like very, very early March, late, April, late February. It was about a week before. Cause I remember like Jay Espinosa saying like, man, it's crazy. I just got back from Russia and like shit is going crazy. here." <laughs> and of course, like Russia didn't go on any kind of lockdown until just recently. Yeah. So when did they cancel? Uh, I mean, postpone it, the Red Bull. Yeah. The world finals? The world finals. When did they, when did they March, make the decision? Yeah, pretty early on. Yeah. So how long? It's actually, no, no, wait. I, I don't know if I have my timing right, but I think the, 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 the decision to postpone the worlds was like 
was Mark. done almost exactly around the time they had the Russia national final. Yeah, two days. And people were like mad confused. Oh, wow. Yeah, two uh, or three well, days. I, well, I was at the Russia national finals. What, when was it? Wasn't it? It was the first week of March? It was like March 6th or 5th or something like that, right? Okay. I got to look it up now. <laughs> Del- yeah, Del- but it was at the beginning of March. It was right in between and or right at lockdown, I think. Lockdown here was at uh, March 12th. So it was pretty much around that time that we knew that uh, it was going to be postponed for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like all the all the upload dates on YouTube for all these sets is like March 7th, March 9th, March 8th. Uh, so, yeah. So it's safe to say, though, if the competition starts, say, 2021, you, it'll start where they left off with you guys and that final battle? Or, like, there's no other word about... An online they're, they're definitely gonna find a world champion Just for sure. That's definitely gonna do that, and then after that, go with the flow, I guess. But it all depends on what happens because we till now we don't know what's gonna happen. You know, it could be shut down for another right. three years. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we don't I'm, know. I'm. 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 I'm just. I'm just looking it up now. Their national final winner was announced on Twitter on March 9th. Wow, that's crazy. This is the kind of stuff that pulled me back into DJ Twitter just to see what was going on. And well, so, so the pandemic hype had, I don't even, I think it, it had already been declared a pandemic by then. Um, yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. But in the US, it wasn't like. We weren't t- stuck in place yet until the 15th. Yeah. Not, well, yeah, I guess it depends on where you live. Like for me, it was, for, for us, it was the. Friday the it was Friday the thirteenth was I think the first like lockdown day. But I I actually voluntarily did not do any of my gigs the weekend before that, March sixth or seventh. Because yeah, I, I was like, I'm not I'm not going to some major city to do gigs. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that because I took I took those gigs for well, you. Yeah, <laughs> I got a couple phone calls and I was wondering who who backed out, but I understood why. No, no, it's cool. I remember talking to Chris that same weekend and we looked at each other and I was like, how do you feel about this? He said, yo, this is the mad dash for cash. This is the last weekend to do the mad last dash run. for cash if you want. You know, yeah. That's the last run. And sure enough, that was the last weekend we were working, Chris. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, at the club, I was at Heist Trays and I had Piero um, – guarantee me that no one would come into the dj booth or i wasn't gonna play i was like we have to like (laughs) we have to like block off and he was like yo i'm so with you i'm gonna stand here and make sure no one comes because he he also didn't want to have to touch anybody or or do anything it it was so weird that's a good excuse you know whenever clubs do open up well for those that don't know the booth is what the most expensive like table you could buy yeah, right behind the DJ table. Yeah. yeah, it's got a full-on, like, real bottle service uh, table behind it with, <laughs> you know, the the people that want to touch your records and like do all kinds <laughs> of silly stuff. Um, but the crazy thing, Delta, uh, the manager of this club, his name is Piero. He um he's a, uh, also from Italy. Uh, he has family in Italy, and he was showing me. Uh, this was like in 
like March, I think March 6th or whatever, he was showing me videos. His one brother's a police officer in Italy and the other one's a doctor. And like showing me all these crazy images way before we knew what was happening here and and uh, almost telling me like look this is coming we're we're on the same track and like showing me lines of people waiting to get into grocery stores that were longer than i've ever seen in my life and and you know what uh the first the the first week of march was uh the most intense for the the, the coronavirus uh, situation in italy uh, a lot of people died in, uh, in, in, that, in the first week of March and this is the, uh, the, the week when the government decided to lock down, uh, to start the quarantine in, uh, in Italy. Yes, um, we lost a lot of people. Uh, and it was crazy, man. It was really crazy. We yeah. every, every day we 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 uh, we, we we read the, the 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 paper and see how many people died the night before. And yeah. was a night is a nightmare, but right now is uh, is better. That's good. Uh, it's better. Well, you guys, I mean, I don't know how many of you are still like actively battling, but. Do you think uh, this would totally change the way you guys look at doing a, a venue, um, you know, where you know multiple DJs are touching all the gear and moving around the table even? Well, I know in terms of like actual DJ battles, just to touch on the, the topic of the show more directly, um, for me, there's a huge difference between seeing somebody set online and then and then seeing a three style in person in the room in the club it's like night and day man the people i've always been thrown off the people who i thought would just absolutely murder it end up shitting the bed when it comes to the live in the club part so when you're at your house and your studio and your bedroom and you're throwing down the most amazing application video, like you're comfortable there <laughs> and you get into the club and like someone unexpected takes it because they had more confidence in the booth and they, that translated better to the crowd. So I think with when all the battles start to move online, online only, it's going to totally flip like, who has the advantage? Interesting. Yeah, totally. It's a huge difference. I mean, but for, I mean, for you guys, for you guys, like your experience in 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 the past, like like you know, because like you know, DMC and Red Bull are to, two totally different things. But like, uh, what do you what do you guys think is the most important thing for to to win a, a Red Bull, uh, you know, competition? Is it is it is it the stage presence? Is it, you know, the stage it's, charisma and all that the technical part of it or the song selections, you know, being like the good party DJ? Well, I mean, not only have the official criteria changed recently, but the judging has always been pretty inconsistent. So really hard to give anyone advice. Like you're really kind of stabbing in the dark with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it changes so much every year that like yeah. I would not have a clue what, 
judges are looking for the last like three or four years, like not. Yeah. The, DJ, the judges are always different or mostly always different, you know, yeah. as well from year to year, so. Yeah, and uh, I mean, give them the criteria, but they don't always follow it. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the judges usually just throw out the score sheets and say this, these are the mm -hmm. top three. Very true. My, yeah. my favorite thing to say after people ask me, I say, I feel like I did well, but I'm not judging. So simple as that. I think originality uh, is probably the most important thing. Exactly. And originality that translates well to to the crowd and translates well to um, to the judges. Meaning, like you could be the most like weird, oddball, original type of DJ that they've seen. But if that's not translating well to the crowd and you're yeah. not selecting the right songs that are going to get the judge's attention, you kind of have to have like a really well-balanced mix of everything. And you got to have all those like wow moments. One of the, the most important criteria in uh, Red Bull Tree style uh, evaluation when I judge in a Red Bull three style competition, every time I see the uh, originality level of the DJ and uh, how this can fit with the, the crowd, you know, this is important. It's important what, what, Matt, uh, what Trey's uh, said. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's really like kind of turned me off to a lot of this lately, the last like three years, is uh, three style has become a style of DJing. Oh, like, 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 yeah. in a, like in a bad way. In a bad, bad way. And yeah. what's really interesting is, is three style itself is pushing back a, against that because the people that are winning are not the three style style of DJs. <laughs> Playing the memes and stuff. Licks, you're about to say something this, uh, before we got into that part. Of, is that what you were yeah, about to get to? Um, I was just going to say, I think like, the most important thing for anybody that wants to do a battle, like whether it's three style or DMC or whatever is get, find one or two other DJs that are on your level or better than you and run your stuff by them. Because like Trey's was saying how, you know, guys will go up there and they think they just have, and I've judged God, probably 50 battles, three style battles since I won. Wow. And you can just, every time you can tell who, made the routine in their bedroom and they're like, yo, I'm going to get on stage. This is going to kill. And they get on stage and it just bombs. And it's because they didn't, they didn't get the opinion of anybody else, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to run stuff by them. Like that is so, so, so huge because Geo's that guy. Me. when you're, when you're coming up with stuff and again, this can go for any battle, whether it's DMC, uh, you know, ITF three style, whatever you're coming up with stuff in, um, in your room and, you know, especially for three style, that's like more party focused. Again, it's like you, you, you can think you have the greatest idea in history, mm -hmm. but you know, you got to get that opinion of other people to at least think like, okay, it's a good idea, but you can, you know, cut this part down, extend this part. This part doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always said like me and Big Once, like he was a huge, huge part of my success. Like everything was run through that dude right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and you always then, have to have somebody that that you can trust that to show off your routines. And, well, Gio, you know this. I mean, you're yeah. part of the a DJ crew, you know, yeah. in the DMC yeah. days. Like, I mean, even right now, like like as one and like you know like. ID and like what I tell I tell them how it is, man. Like you, I don't sugarcoat it, man. It's like, oh yeah, um, you know, I had uh, honestly I had, the greatest thing that that can happen for somebody that's competing, you know. Yeah, and I had you know like I I was lucky like I had Trentino, he had me. We both had a uh, kid cut up who I mentioned before. He was a big help in in helping both of us like tie these loose ends together and stuff. And um, you know, again, yeah, everyone contributed. Oh, so Chris Carnes. Yeah, that's uh, Chris. Yeah, I mean, we would, yeah. yeah, we would send videos to people all over the yeah. country. Yeah, yeah. After I won, um, after I won the the U.S., um, I specifically asked Chris Carnes, Golden Child, uh, and I think uh, Dynamics if I could send them stuff. You know, as I was preparing, and they were like, "Yes," and like, you know, I was like, and, and th- "Actually, this is the biggest thing aside from getting the second opinion." Is, um, you know. It, first of all, if you're afraid to lose a battle, don't enter a battle. Like if you, if your, if your ego is not going to be able to take you not winning, then battling is not for you. Um, and that also goes with uh, feedback. Um, anybody that I would send the stuff up to, I'd be like, be brutally honest. Does this suck? If it sucks, tell me. And you know, I'm not going to get like offended or sad. Like, uh, you know, there were so many times where I would show stuff to Trentino or cut up or, or, or Chris Carnes or, and they'd be like, just like, no, it's just not, it, it, you know, it's just not there. And I would be very happy to get that feedback because um, it would just go to make me a better DJ. Yep. And I know if I didn't listen to them, I would do that thing that I mentioned before. I would go up on stage and I'd be like, all right, here comes like, you know, here comes, you know, I'm about to drop this bomb and it just, you know, just falls completely flat. Um, yeah. So, you lose yeah. the context if you don't have somebody who's seen from the outside objective yep. eye and ear. Yeah, 100%. Now, other, the other big aspect when it comes to context is, and I know from my personal ex- experience, everything I've ever done in a three-style battle was born out of something that I did in the club. Yeah. And yeah. every idea that I come up with was something that I originally did in the club. And that was like the testing ground for everything. So if all the clubs are closed. That was not the case. Like, all for me <laughs> right but that's <laughs> not the case either. um i mean especially like 2013 when i went all the way um that was all like created for three style um and even afterward i would try to do a lot of those routines in the club and they don't work like yeah. it, it was for three style and that was it like i would do them just for like the djs maybe that wanted to see something specific but like the that's how i personally yeah worked that goes back to changing every year. Like, like a lot of the stuff that I did for my winning sets, I could still do in the club because it wasn't super technical. It was more like blends and like party stuff when Trentino entered. Yeah. That entire, every routine you did was literally like, yeah, no one wants to hear like a solo piano for eight bars. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) doesn't make any sense in a club. Here's what I really want to know is, you know, especially at Delta Trentino, big ones in trays, you know, you guys have been in that, that world finals week, I guess. Um, how much did, how, how much did, how much of your final routine was changed up during that week? Just seeing other DJs, like, I, I, I don't know about Trentino and big ones. Would you change it at all? Do you, rock you change it at all? No, or no. 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 
I made uh, I made the executive decision before I went to Canada that I was not going to bring my computer that had Ableton on it um, because I did not want to like psych myself out like that. It was like, all right, I only I only had from from the time I won the U.S. up until the Canada World Finals, I had less than a month. So mm-hmm. I, and I had to have two sets. So I was already in a crazy time crunch, and I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna I'm just gonna get what I can get done before I leave. Um, you know, I was putting in just crazy, crazy long days to try to get enough material for two sets. And I was like, you know what, I'm not going to like go up there and freak out if I see somebody going, you know, on a day before me that thought of something that I didn't think of. It was just like, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to go, I'm going to do my thing. If they like it, cool. If not, I did my best, you know, um, just because I, I know a couple of DJs that did that, that like change, you know, like they, one guy who I'm not going to mention, um, had this set that he actually played for me the week, the night before all the battles actually started because me and this dude became super close real quick. Um, and I was like, dude, this is really, really solid. Like, I really think you have a chance to do really well. And the first night he was going on the second night of battles. The first night a guy went um, and who advanced, it was like more technical than him and just, it was completely different. So he like kind of freaked out and stayed up literally for like 24 hours straight reworking his entire set. And I was like, dude, don't do this. Like I've seen your shit. It's really good. You're just a complete opposite DJ from him. Not one is better or worse than the other, but Take on that, yeah, I you know, I don't think he, he didn't advance. I, I, I don't want to say if, if, if he stuck with his original routine, he would have, but like, um, you know, I think you just need to play to your strengths. Like, you yes, know, play to your strengths is like the number one advice. Trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, play to your strengths. I mean, everybody in here has something that they're good at um, or a lot of things that they're good at, but you know, uh, there's everybody else in here has something that they're better than at, at that everybody else. Like, you know, I can't compete with, uh, you know, like, um, like, for example, like Chris Carnes was in my U.S. finals. Like, I, I'm not going to try to go cut for cut or like the super technical stuff yeah. against him because he's going to make me look like a jerk off, you know, like, I, but, you know, but like with Trentino, he has the, 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 the crazy musical ability. Like, that's what you need to put forward because nobody else is going to have that, you know, and, and again, Trent, back to originality. Yeah, dude, totally. And like, that's it. You just got to play to your strengths, do as best as you can with the, the skill that you have, you know, help seek out other people's advice. And that's all, that's all you can really hope for, you know? Now, Lix, um, I wanted to ask you, wh- is there a, a crew or, or any of your fellow DJs that you're able to run your stuff by? Or I've seen a couple of your videos and I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a fan from watching. Yeah, Lix, you crushed you, it on that. You got a, yeah, you got a style that's really unique to yourself. And sound effects unfortunately i do not have a crew that i could run through like it, it sucks to say but like i'm i'm alone like i i decided to do the three style i'm alone mm. <laughs> it, it's crazy i was i was not encouraged by any fellow djs here um that's sick though kind of sucks because i hate to say it but i think it's because i'm a girl and and the um dj community here is really 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 exclusive to like you know 
friends, cliques and stuff. So if you're not part of a clique, you can't do certain clubs sometimes even. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, and my love for music, because I like, I, I produced and then I decided to become a DJ. I just decided to do my own thing. Anyways, I would do this regardless. This is what I do. This is what I love doing. This is what I spent hours doing with no problem. So to go back, come back to your question. No, I do not have a clip. I run my set, my last set to my girlfriend and my brother <laughs> and my mom <laughs> you know what i mean like, you know, that helps though too for real but. getting getting years outside the dj world That's, opinion mm-hmm. is especially red bull it totally yeah, but they're kind of biased like you know, even when they do tell me it's good i don't believe them i'm like hercules 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 hey you you got a, you got a crew now and i i would be I, i'm sure any of us would be more than happy to listen to hey there you go part yeah. of the circle of champions now yeah yeah seriously um That's what's up you know i've i've always you know guys girls that are coming up i'm i'm always like yo i i'm always here for uh, you know, a second set of eyes, ears, whatever, like, advice yeah. or knowledge that we can impart on you, like, you know. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Here's I the mean, way I look at it. The, the, the hoarding knowledge thing to me is just, is, is, is super played out. So I, um, you know, you got, you got a crew now. I know I, any of us would be, would be down to. Hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that, like. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what happens on yeah. the nine and nine. You know, yeah, we but the, the simple fact that you were able to make what happened for you and won the championship that you won without anybody, yeah, without yeah, anybody else, crew or click pushing you or slicing you straight up, like Ooh. that means a lot already. So explain yeah. to the ex, explain to the people from that are not from DC what slicing you means. <laughs> 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 I mean, you could gather what it means from context, but I always love to hear when somebody says, yeah. <laughs> so it's like someone original is, DC slang Yeah, in, in, D, in the DC area. If, if you're being siced, someone is basically, uh, bigging you, bigging up. you yeah, up. They're, they're, they're up. blowing your head out. They're like, yo, that's dope. Like, go ahead with that. Like, that's fire. I'm psyching you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that, that I forget that. That's that's thing, that goes man. to show already kind of, you know, mind over matter guys. Like, you know, if you feel like you have the, the thought process to 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 make it, you know, you could watch a video. Well, it's and just like, the love. I mean, you gotta yeah, do what you, go. you gotta you gotta That's, do it in life. I believe that everybody should do what they love to do. Like, if you don't like your job, do something that you like doing. I like doing music. This is what I'm doing, and I'm super happy to be able to do that. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And I, I I really I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm happy, and I feel like everybody should have that type of like. You know, wake up in the morning and want to go because they like what they're doing. The world will be a better place, honestly. Yeah, and oh yeah. I it's really good that you have that attitude, and having the right attitude is uh, the is also, and, and it's probably the most important thing. Yeah, so yeah. I was having the right attitude when we were probably about two weeks into this pandemic. A, a DJ friend that we all know um, was was saying that he was seeing how people are are like so excited that they don't have to work basically they're like woohoo I don't have to work I'm home and he's like man I'm I'm I would do anything to go work and and I I kind of explained to him like well that's because 90 probably 90% of the world do don't do a job that they love doing they yeah. do it out of necessity 
and 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 he was kind of like, whoa! I never even in his own life never even thought about how he is so blessed to be able to do what it is you love or, or something that you have a passion for. Right. Very much yeah. so. And even there was even, a question in the chat to that point. Somebody was asking how many people here on the panel uh, have any other income that they are planning on depending on now that we can't do any DJ gigs. So I guess I'll just kind of open it up. Does anybody have like a plan B that they're putting into place right now? Nope. <laughs> I mean, not, not at the moment. I, um, <laughs> I started a Patreon page. I have a PhD in philosophy. Maybe can oh, I? Yes. <laughs> oh shit! I mean, I, For real? Wait, do you really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a teacher in. Uh, Look at all those books behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, did y'all, not, did y'all think those are records? Because those are fucking books. Oh, no, Look at I, all those I, books. I mean, I, I went to college. This is a house of doctors here. These are these are family books behind me. Not the, the not the kind of doctor that can solve this this coronavirus no. shit. Right. No. <laughs> I'm a doctor. I have a PhD in philosophy. That's and crazy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. That's I was incredible. a teacher at the university right. uh, for a for a period of my life, five years or something like this. Wow. Wow. I know. For me personally. Uh, starting like two or three years ago, I, I was already starting to transition away from club DJing, at least the like the weekly grind stuff locally. Yeah, and that was more of an exit strategy for me to continue getting music based income for as long as I want to have it. And so, part of my plan is obviously like you know I still get a little streaming check. Uh, and Bandcamp payments are still nice to have, so I'm trying to like do more of that. Just put out more music and yeah, um, maybe tour whenever we can go tour again. But yeah. until then, you know, we get a little bit of income from from streaming and from selling music online, and um, yeah. Well, this might, you know, I mean, you know, is is basically like affected on all all spectrum of like DJing, you know, like I run a uh, like private events company and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to see any profit until like, you know, end of next year. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, but pretty much like, I, 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 hopefully, you know, this is a lesson to everybody that, you, you know, it's, it's, you got to dive, diversify your you know your your bonds and you gotta have that you gotta have that rainy day money what what geo is you gotta save you gotta save yeah what geo is money geo is basically saying is come on kids sign up for some dj classes (laughs) well chris and i have sort of that money but (laughs) yeah it's not a lot but (laughs) no no i mean I think for even a very diversified DJ or, or music person that has um, their hands in a lot of different various ways to make money, mm-hmm. almost all of those were shut down anyway. Like I, I do yeah. a lot of curation for restaurants and, and, and hotels and put music in a lot of, of different venues just for their, their, their background music. And like, they're all shut down. So we can't charge them a revenue fee. I, I DJ, for sporting events, those are all gone. I mean, so I think, I think even for, for this, a smart DJ is already looking to diversify how they earn income from different kinds of gigs in the first place. But this is not something, this is like the perfect storm. This is a wave beyond, you know, crashing down on people that, you know, it's really hard if you've put all your investment into being around people 
it's it's difficult or or you know if you're a type of dj that has um you know the production side i guess like trey's is saying you know if you've got a bunch of streams and you've, you've got at least something that can that can keep you going but um you know something think, that you can do in the house <laughs> i think i mean i think you know a lot of guys i, I mean I, I know um you know a lot of our friends are, are live streaming and and either getting donations or partnering getting sponsors or taking over people's pages to and getting actually paid to do a stream from some a corporate sponsors page themselves you know there's there's definitely i think starting to be some adjustment to where guys can can actually start to make a little bit of money in in those realms even if it's even if it's temporary um I, i'm starting to see more of people getting virtual parties virtual and, parties that thing now yeah and, it, and it's starting to really pop off where even um you know, I would always, I would just suggest to everybody um, that's watching, if you're, if you're a DJ, just go back through every email of every corporate client or person you've ever worked for, and be like, hey, listen, you know, my services are open. If you're, if Get you're idea. able to do it, it, some people haven't even been thinking about it, or they, you know, they're, they don't realize. Uh, I've been doing some for, for some companies where they're, they've got a employee staff of like 150 people, and they're all depressed, and it's like you can throw them on a Zoom and do. A virtual party for them and and it, it lifts their spirits and especially if you're playing music that they want to hear and, and they're interactive and they're seeing their friends and they're seeing their co-workers you know music is a, is a is a healing in that sense and you know it it's it's really what it's what's happening is we have to figure out how to adjust even if it's temporarily and then figure out what of the adjustments that we're making are actually going to carry us through to the next phase of things that won't necessarily die off. I, I think we will be able to see live streaming stay around long after the, this pandemic is gone. A lot of people would rather not go to a club and, and not even because of this, but just because they're out of that phase in their life yeah. and they still love to hear music and they would love to hear you guys play. I mean, I would pay a subscription to see some of the amazing DJs that that do things in it's, sports. It's, and, it's already coming. Uh, right. I'm in a, I'm in a couple of group chats and uh, we're there. The word is already out that like Live Nation is going to have an online ticketing thing and like all all these concerts and shows are all going to move online. You know, there's a lot of people joking. There's a lot of people joking on Twitter, like who's going to be the first DJ to have a have a OnlyFans to see a DJ set? I mean, that <laughs> already shit. happened. It's coming. It's coming. And and even if you don't put up a, like a paywall in that way, there's still there's people that are getting on Twitch right now, and they're making like pretty good money on subscriptions and um, uh, tips. I I heard I was listening to some podcasts and I heard uh, there's some D DJs that are making like one to two K a week on tips on their Instagram live. That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, well, and you I got a few I, thousand followers and you got like 20, 30 people watching your Instagram live all at one point And a few of them are giving you a couple tips every hour. You know, well, I wouldn't would do that, but people are doing it. Is everybody on the on our, our our guests like? Are you guys like live streaming at the moment? What are you guys doing? I am. Yeah, I'm not heavily, heavily, heavily. And yeah, I, Twitch, 
said, yo, I don't have nearly as many followers as like everybody else here on this panel, but like I was able to pay off all the bills and make up all the income that I lost the first two weeks purely off of live streaming. So See, I, you heard it here. First. See, that's good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, how do you guys feel about that? Like, like, um, just, you know, asking for tips and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel for our guests. comfortable, like, putting it out There's there. a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there that still have money to spend. Yeah, that's the key. People that are still being, still being well paid. Well, here's, here's the thing that I don't think people realize. And to, to your point, Trey's, a good per- percentage of people still have income. And there yeah. is almost that survival survivor's guilt a little bit of, like, feeling bad. Um, but secondly, people are still locked in. They're still feeling disconnected to the world. They're, they're not finding some, some release or some peace or some, something that's comforting. And if you're playing, I think what is really dope is most people are, are really, with the music that they're playing on live streams, is, are really kind of tapping into that emotion and, and into the, the love of music. And people are responding back. And if, if, you're, if you're kind of giving some medicine to a soul you know people are willing to throw you a a a, a dub for that you know or they're happy to turn it it's almost like if you saw field of the movie field of dreams and they're like if you build it they will come you, and they're they're turning over the money they're turning over the money because it's not about the money that they that they lack it's the the peace and and i think it's kind of interesting especially for red bull style djs i think you guys are actually in the perfect fit of of being the actual perfect live streaming type of djs not only because because it's you're unique enough to hold an audience with your skill set and then with the things that you come up with makes it really interesting and i know uh delta you know you're one of our guys that's like you know if, if you guys have never out there if you've never seen any of dj delta's videos just just go on and check out some of his his stuffs just like our our panelists are talking about but musically it's it's incredible to see um and you know i think you know for you i'd love to see your live stream because i think your balance and i'd like to hear you talk about that like that balance between the technical skills and the musical taste and the and the you know the flow of that how how you what what inspires you and how do you come up with that yeah this is this is the mo- the most important criteria in a club you have to for a red bull freestyle dj you have to, to balance your technical skills and uh, the dance floor flow. Yeah. Because there are, it's possible that there are people that don't understand what you're doing, uh, don't understand your skills. So you have to find the key to, to communicate with the dance floor. So generally, I play, I don't know, I play five, uh, five hits, Beyonce, Rihanna, or something like this. And after five hits, I play something more difficult for the, the dance floor. But generally, I, I, I have to keep this, this balance because we, we are turntablists, we are uh, technical DJs. And uh, the people sometimes is not prepared to understand this kind of work in a club. The people is there to party and you have to to rock the party with your technical skills, but not too much, you know? Yeah. This is the way to, to, to work, uh, um, uh, to, 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 to perform good in a club, you know? Yeah. 
the only way. The only way, yeah. yeah I feel, uh, honestly, even, like, before this whole thing started, I feel like every year that goes by, like, for the past, like, I don't know, three, four years, like, every every year, every month, every week that goes by, I do less and less, like, trickery or, like, trying to slide in, like, cool shit in the club just because people just don't fucking care anymore. And, I'm, you know, it's like – it sounds like a jaded thing to say, but you know. <laughs> super jaded. <laughs> You're doing it for you. I mean, <laughs> well, see, so, so this is my thing is like, I never got into DJing to be like a cool club DJ guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like me and Trentino always talk about this. We, we got into it because of like the musicality aspect of it. Like, like to me, beat juggling and scratching was, was always it for me. The idea to take something that exists and make it something else you know, and, and the ability to like combine that with other instruments or whatever, whatever the situation may be, that's why I got into DJing, like for the artistic side of it, not to be uh, a club DJ. And even until slightly before, um, you know, all the three style stuff started popping off, like I never necessarily thought of being a club DJ as a, a legitimate career. Now it's been over 10 years for me where I haven't had any other job. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I scratch Academy was open, but, um, you know, uh, but you know, it's, it's again, I, 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 I'm always going to think of DJing as like, what's like the coolest thing that I can do in this situation or like <laughs> what, what's the, uh, the hardest, the hardest possible, uh, music we could play in, in, in any situation yeah. is, is what me and Trentino used to apply. Uh, yeah. Like, no, I mean, I, I would say- How can overall, we push the envelope, you know? Yeah, the overall scene in the, in the US has just shifted so, so far yeah. toward hip hop. Yeah. When you go see like EDM guys in Vegas, they're playing hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like, basically like the the remixes of top 40 and hip-hop songs that used to be our realm and it's yeah. not anymore that's now the realm of the edm superstars <laughs> yeah and they're excited. dropping it from the top like yeah, not even anywhere special <laughs> like basically what i get from all over the u.s they want hip-hop only no remixes no yeah. scrap 100 percent. that's what i get exactly. every time every time and like ah. either either the people that book me think i'm a hip-hop dj and that's why they booked me and like that's all i'm gonna do right. or they think i'm not hip-hop enough and they don't book me like that's the <laughs> yeah we we both always crazy. existed in this weird realm where we're like not hip-hop enough for the hip-hop crowd but we're you know like too hip-hop for like the dance music crowd yeah so <laughs> but but again like you said even now like you know, you go see Diplo at a club, he's playing all just rap music, you know, but he can get away with like sliding in remixes and other stuff. But yeah. um, I'm you know, fine with seeing Great Balls of Fire into Adam's family, man. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> come around here, weird stuff, but it's I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work in, a, in a DJ, in a DJ world, though, like I like I like the risks, taking the risk. That's where I'm at. I, I don't well, mind. So that's the thing. It's like, if you take the risk, fuck them. You're the captain. You know what I'm saying? Are they getting paid? Are they DJing? I'm like, fuck it. I just wasted a minute of your life. Get the fuck out of here. It's like a minute. It, yeah. Yeah, but One I mean, song, that's the thing. It. People, people's um, uh, attention span is so short. And now with Spotify yeah. and everything on YouTube, it's like, you know, 
young people can have anything they want at the snap of a finger. So why wouldn't they go to a club and expect to be able to hear what they want when they want? Like that's fucked up the way we think about it. But when you think about it from their perspective, they don't care. They don't care about anything that you're going to do other than can you play what they want to hear in, you know, maybe in an interesting way or in an interesting order, anything else at this point doesn't matter. There are exceptions, you know, like I still get to play like cool stuff that I get to do whatever I want. Like I got to play complex con this year. Like somebody booked me for complex con, like that's ridiculous. But I was able to put together a set that I felt represented myself. I got to do whatever I wanted to do um, to, you know, to a point. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. Like, uh, you know, last year, me and Trey's, uh, were in Pittsburgh or at the same weekend, I got to play scenario, which, uh, shots shot the nugget. nugget. Yeah. Um, but they booked me for like the launch of this like dance music party and they were like, do whatever you want. And, um, that was the most fun I'd had DJing in like a year or two because I literally did whatever the hell I wanted without, you know, the, the crowd was there for new dance music any other normal club night that's not going to happen yeah that's over yeah Yeah, i mean obviously like the period from about 2012 to 2014 you could play and you were actually expected to play mostly dance music at mainstream clubs and it was so much fun and i i I hate to like be like that but i mean obviously i miss those days yeah so we you know we we uh me and Trentino both last weekend, we did mixes for uh, Lucky Strike in, in Seattle. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, for my mix, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I like thought back to like all the cool stuff that me and him used to play when you could play dance music in clubs. And it was like house music from like, you know, 2009 to like 2014 or 15. Um, and there's just so much awesome stuff from that era that I yeah. still was sneaking here and there. But for the most part, man, you just, Again, unless it's like a specialty, like house night or house club mm-hmm. or electronic music night or whatever, um, you know, you used to be able to play that stuff on normal ass Saturday night club nights. That, for the most part, that does not fly anymore. Yeah. Well, guys, um, two hours is up. It went by so quick. We can probably talk about this forever. Um, that's going to be it for the nine at nine. Um, Make sure to come back and see us every Thursday night starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Big ups to all of our guests here tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Champion Circle. Yeah, Definitely. Thank you guys for having us. Thank man. you guys for being here. Yeah, um, thank you for having us. You can watch the replay of this show on our Facebook and YouTube pages at Beat Refinery. But if you want to listen to us on the audio side of things, the show is finally on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and wherever you consume audio podcasts. Uh, we'll be on uh, Apple and Google podcasts pretty soon, but we'll let you guys know about it. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate us on these, on those uh, podcast platforms. Uh, again, if you want to learn how to mix scratch and make music, we do virtual online DJ lessons at the moment. So visit beatrefinery.com. Next week's episode is going to be crazy. We're going to continue the DJ competition discussion by bringing Speaking in of which, Bringing in some uh, some of the best DMC champions around the world. We're blessed to have a bunch of world uh, DMC world champions. We got Chris Carnes and Precision hey. from the U.S. We got Vect from Canada. Hey. We got Mr. Canada. We got, 
what the Wonder Kid, K Swiss from New Zealand, New Zealand, New and Zealand. of oh, course, our very own two-time U.S. champion, beat refinery instructor, DJ Throwdowns. So the episode's gonna be sick. Bro, bro, bro. So once again, thank you, sick. Tarantino, Big Ones, Trays, Licks, Delta for being part of the nine at nine tonight. Uh, tune in for next week's episode. We'll catch you all next week. So once again, stay safe, stay healthy. Signing out. Everybody say peace. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. 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 Wash them hands. <laughs> <laughs>